my girl right now is you know being very happy being mm-hmm. independent mm-hmm. and being um kind of unuseful parts in in this society um, so inspiring really i i i think um since you do many social activities since you give more you receive more especially love so you know changing awareness is very important so through mm-hmm. our projects we always try to 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 change the mindset from negative to positive a lot of people with disabilities especially blind the blind they are not confident about themselves mm-hmm. so that's why they escape they they kind of isolate from the society Moin friends, Tandem Panda here. My conversation today is with Lua Go from Vietnam. We start with talking about the different ethnic minorities in Vietnam and mainly after that about disabled people in Vietnam. Logo herself is blind from a disease called NMOSD since she was a teenager. We talk about her experiences about that and how she overcomes that period and change her mindset to a very positive way and use that energy to help other disabled people to overcome that. She works in different projects to realize this and it's very inspiring to listen to what she does in those projects to help those people to help themselves. So, let's go. This is Tandem Panda, a podcast about language learning and sharing different experiences with people from around the world. Today I'm here with uh, Lua Gao from Vietnam. So welcome to the podcast. Hi everyone. Hi Panda Gochuk. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, yeah, can, can you explain us what your nickname means, Lua Gao, and also in combination with my nickname, Panda? <laughs> it was very funny. Yes, actually... Luogo is my Vietnamese nickname, uh, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, Luo <laughs> means rice plants, Go means bear, so rice bear. However, um, the origin of this nickname is very special. When I was very small, I was very naughty, and our neighbors um, called me like I was naughty as a bear. Yeah, it was quite mm-hmm. crazy. And uh, furthermore, my sister's name is Nuong, which means field in Vietnamese. So my neighbor also said uh, Lua because he said that people, you know, farmers often uh, grow rice plants on the field. So we often see Lua with Nuong. So yeah, people call me and my sister Nuong Lua and Lua Nuong and I have my own nickname which is very weird logo and in terms of your nickname go chuk you're a panda so <laughs> go chuk means 
um, panda in Vietnamese. I see, I see. Yeah. Are are you the smaller sister of of the two, or so are you the smaller sister? Yes, and... I am the, the. Yes, my sister is the oldest, and I am the youngest. Yeah, I, I, I a little bit I could tell from the nicknames because the bear, I don't know, the goat makes it smaller. I don't know. Oh, cute. Um, <laughs> You know, um, in Vietnamese, we have a word "dogo," which means a gangster, very crazy, very naughty. Ah, okay. You know, so, who, are, so, who are best educated. <laughs> ah, so, so literally means head of the bears, and in translated form, it means like you're you're, you're naughty, yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. And you still keep this nickname to now. <laughs> Yes, uh, people often call me Lua or Lugo, and my foreign friends often call me Luga. I shorten my Vietnamese nickname uh, from Lugo into Luga. Ah, and it's easier for foreigners to, to use that, right? Honestly, it's very funny because if we put some special marks in Vietnamese, we have Luga, which means chickens. <laughs> <laughs> see. So I had this um, nickname, but it's okay. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Well, interesting. Yeah. So um, you, you told me before that uh, you 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 are from Vietnam, but also interestingly also from um, a minority called the Tay minority. Is that right? Yes, it's right. Can you tell me maybe a little bit more about that and also in general minorities? You told me before there are 54 different minorities in Vietnam, is that correct? Yeah, in fact, there are 54 ethnic minorities in Vietnam. The highest population is Vietnamese, of course, uh, which occupies about 85%. Okay. And 14% until 15% of the population is the rest, you know, the rest of ethnic minorities. Mm -hmm. And my minority is on its second rank, yeah, with over 1 million people. And uh, most Thai people live in the northern part of Vietnam. We uh -huh. have Thai language, uh, but, you know, we, we don't have a written language. We have um, spoken language, Thai. Ah, okay. How, how different is the Thai language in comparison with the Vietnamese language that is spoken generally in Vietnam, right? Yeah, for example, we have Con Tho, which means a dog in Vietnamese, but yeah. in Thai language, we, we call Ua Ma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Con Tho and Ua Ma, they are very different. I see. So, and... The pronunciation is also different or similar? So someone who uh, can speak Vietnamese, do you think they have problems if they want to learn the Thai language? Um, actually, they have because there are many new words, new vocabulary that they have to learn if they want to speak Thai language. Mm -hmm. um, however, there are some modern words which are very new you know, updated words and Thai language um, owe some Vietnamese words. <laughs> for, for example, we don't have smartphone in Thai language. We, uh -huh. we call điện thoại in Vietnamese. Yeah. Ah, so it's getting mixed also together. 
Yeah, that's right, and it's very hilarious because my surname is Ma, so it means a ghost in Vietnamese, but means um a dog in Vietnamese, so dog phuong or ghost phuong. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And uh, is it still spoken? So, or do you think it's it's getting less or somehow lost or how how is the language uh, yeah i would say lived now in 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 the minorities or in especially in the day minority if for the day language um it's still spoken in the countryside mm -hmm. but nowadays um people focus more on vietnamese and english so mm -hmm. i think thai language is going to disappear in coming years mm. since the young they they don't learn thai language and they prefer speaking in vietnamese mm, okay Be and in school do you also is there something like that for for those kids to learn the the, the native language or they just teach you vietnamese standard uh in general uh, children are taught only vietnamese and english oh. Uh, but in in daily life, the the kids can learn Thai language um, by holding conversations with older people. You know, in daily life, people always speak in Thai language. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, the you you talk, you t said before older people and then, I don't know working people like I don't know normal age or young people. Do they also? still talk in Thai language or is it easier for them to talk in Vietnamese? Um, I think young people tend to speak Vietnamese uh, when they talk um, to each other. However, when they meet elderly people or older people in the countryside in their Thai community, they have to switch on Thai language because the elderly people don't speak Vietnamese with them. I see, I see. And what do, yeah. you, do the people think of that? So the, the development of, of the language, so are they also like afraid that it really can be lost in time or what are their opinions about that development? From my perspective, some elderly people they are nervous about uh, um, yeah disappearing of their language in the future. Um, but instead of catching their language, they they try to uh, catch the younger generation are the traditional practices or other values of Thai people like folk music, which is called Ten Thai and um, some traditional practice uh, which is still kept in guys' families until now. For example, which are they? Um, for example, we often eat a duck um, in uh, July in the lunar calendar. Yeah, and, okay. and this traditional meal um, is for um, showing the respect for mothers and uh, every family, every Thai family has to bring some ducks to the grandmother house 
in order、oh. to show respect to to her. Interesting. Do you know why it's and especially why the dog? Does it have a meaning with with the dog or the the duck? D U C K. However, once I asked my parents, okay, yeah, I asked my parents, but my parents、um, don't know the answer. Yeah. Okay, so it was duck, not dog, right? Okay. Yeah, duck. Quack quack. Okay. <laughs> okay.、Uh, and chicken would be too regular, so ducks are more、uh, for for these festivals, right? For some special occasions,、mm. and you know, in March, in the lunar calendar,、mm-hmm. um, we often visit our ancestors' graves. We 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 have special meals、uh, to to eat、um, in front of our ancestors or our、um, grandparents who are dead. Um, we eat with them this special meal to show the respect to them and to wish the best luck. So I think it is very meaningful because the next generations、um, can, you know, think of their ancestors, and even though they are very busy, but they always try their best to visit their ancestors、um, on these days. On、uh, this holiday, I see. I see. That's and also use that occasion to gather all family members together, right? Yeah, to do gathering. Yeah, yeah. So,、uh, as I understood so far, you you keep the the elderies try to keep the language, but also other traditions like music and those kinds of festivals and food. Do you also have special food, or is it、uh, some food that normal Vietnamese people don't know about, or、uh, is it comparable?、Uh, yes, there are several kinds of bánh. It's kind of goods that、um, Thai people can make、uh, much more better, much better Ooh, than、uh, Vietnamese、okay. people.、Uh-huh. And there is a special bánh.、Um, it is made of ants' eggs. You know the smallest, the smallest creature in the world. They produce eggs, and Thai people they collect eggs、um, from March to April every year、uh-huh. to make this kind of bang.、Um, uh-huh. However, this bang is very、um, um, sensitive to some people, since、mm-hmm. people who have allergy to shrimp or seafood, they might have. Allergy to this bang. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah, but、uh, yeah, it's it is it, it's yeah allergy. I don't know. It's if you have it, you have it, right?、Uh, um, I have allergy to you too. To this kind of bang. Yeah,、oh, but、sweet. I tried. I tried, and it was very delicious. <laughs> But、yeah. you can eat it, or or you can't eat it at all because of the allergy. So is it like、um, you, you eat it and you get a little bit pain and it's okay, or is it not? Yeah, once、harder? I tried, I tried to eat bánh trứng kiến. The you know the I can translate in English like uh, ants egg cake. 
<laughs> yeah, nice. and I wonder. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I want to soon figure out that whether I have allergy to this kind of bang or not. Mm. And after eating this bang, um, I felt very hot and my tongue was very itchy. Ooh. And okay. it was like when I eat a uh, shrimp. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's very annoying to me. However, it was such a great and unforgettable experience. <laughs> but yeah, the, the name is also interesting with ants and the the feeling you described feels like ants are on your tongue, right? Yeah, bánh trứng kiến. Um, and we also have another kind of um, vegetables. We have beetroot, which is a kind of uh, pumpkins, but the color is uh, green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this. Mm, I think this plant is very special since it has really good smell. People mm-hmm. can smell this plant very soon, um, even though they are in the long distance. I see, I see. Yeah. Uh, let's switch maybe to another topic because uh, when I first write to you, uh, It was very interesting that you're really engaged to the topic of uh, disability or disabled people. And uh, can you tell me more about that? And especially you mentioned uh, or you described me the situation in Vietnam or the project you did was to, um, yeah, kind of a research to figure uh, things that out and asked what can be improved in general if i'm correct right so can you can you tell us maybe more about that and uh, to for me also to get a better understanding on this topic okay so since i am blind i always want to contribute to the society especially the people with disabilities community in vietnam mm-hmm. so um I do many social projects um, and until now I have participated in three projects. Um, they are very meaningful to people with disabilities and I'm very happy about that. However, I should say that the condition, the situation of people with disabilities exercising their rights uh, is not good in Vietnam. Um, you know, people have many difficulties and challenges when going out, finding jobs, uh, going to school, participating in many fields uh, in the society with others who are not, mm-hmm. you know, disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and since we have many policies and laws in both Vietnamese and um, in global, um, we we are more well aware of the rights and many programs as well as projects to promote the rights and empower the potential and values of people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's still very hard for this community in the countryside. So I can say that uh, the life, the quality of life of people with disabilities in big cities 
um, has been improved significantly. But mm-hmm. the opposite is true for other areas, especially remote areas or um, poor communities. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Why do you think it's like? Because uh, the money is focused on this big city, or are there many? Because in the in those big cities, there are many people. So th- actually, the money is not enough to spread over the whole country. What 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 would you say? Yeah, I think the investment, the financial support of the government and other associations are not still enough for running more programs or campaigns to raise awareness and to educate or to, you know, provide more social services for people with disabilities in the countryside. And I think the, the most important problem is about the, the awareness of the community. Since we are, you know, very um, hard to find a job to study and so on, uh, we are not appreciated from the public. Uh, especially in the countryside. Most people believe that people with disabilities are useless. And since they have this kind of, you know, prejudice and stereotype, they don't bring more opportunities to people with with disabilities. And they don't believe, they don't um, try to have these people to, you know, develop themselves I mean, education is very vital to us. And mm. since we have lack of education, we have more difficulties um, dealing with uh, the life. Yeah. I see. So the projects you're working on is or also focuses or maybe mainly focuses on have creating awareness among the people And also among the the government or the people who are or have power or in charge of uh, money for establishing those projects to improve this situation, right? Yeah, I will tell you my uh, projects, um, you know, three projects that I participated in. The Mm -hmm. first project is W Education Project. We have two mini projects in this big project. Uh, we have launched this project for three years. Yeah. And oh. the first mini project um, is Deville Education for Children in Offense. So we get English free for children who are in needs in uh, um, the eighth district, Ho Chi Minh City. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we also want to raise awareness of poor children that even though they they are very poor, their parents don't care much about their education, their you know further education opportunities. Mm-hmm. But we always try to um, kind of inspire them to study harder and to to follow their career, follow their further education. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and luckily we, we are very happy to see that the children are very keen on learning English and oh, some of nice. them really like reading books. Uh, we also raise funds to um, 
provide references and materials for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the second mini project, which I am in the manage manage team management team, mm-hmm. uh, that is devil education for visually impaired devi. So we have already already organized six courses, English online courses, free for the blind. Um, I'm very proud of this mini project because it is the first project running um, English online courses for the blind, which are very accessible for them. They can learn English without paying any fees and they can learn comfortably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds great. Yeah. And the third and one? The, um, the second project I took part in is Break the Barriers project. Uh, this project is sponsored by the U.S. Embassy in Hanoi. Uh, unfortunately, due to our budget, we were able to run the project only in Hanoi. So it's quite pity when a lot of blind um, coming from different provinces cannot access this, this project for a long time. So in this project, we run many training lessons to develop soft skills for the blind. You know, these soft skills are very um, necessary to them when they go to university and when they mm-hmm. apply for a job, such as a communication skill, mm-hmm. um, yes, um, problem-solving skill, uh, self-awareness skill, or um, controlling, no, I mean, managing your mental health problems and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also organized a webinar and a workshop to connect employers um, who are willing to recruit um, people with disabilities oh, and, nice. yeah. Yeah, and people with disabilities who are finding jobs. So I think they, they're very... Um, thankful for this project because they mm-hmm. could have um, many chances to get ad- addresses and some resources to find a job. Yeah. Oh, that so, sounds great. The final project is my my favorite project because uh-huh. I was a part of this project from the first the first time, the first period. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this project is called um, Social and Economical Empowerment for Single Mothers with Disabilities, sponsored by the Swiss uh, Embassy in Hanoi. Um, I was a project coordinator of this project and I was very um, emotional when meeting many single mothers with disabilities. They are very um poor they have children they don't earn much money from what they are doing Mm -hmm. so we run many training courses uh to empower their social and economical skills and um i'm very um delighted because after the project there are many women, they get more money and they can raise their children, um, which is very meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
So wow. that's the three projects which I was a part of them. Wow, wow. Has so so many projects and uh, yeah, very also very meaningful and uh, yeah, it's not just about making awareness but also find a way to help these people and uh, the simplest thing is to give them free education and somehow give them tools to help themselves later, right? Yeah, um, we prioritize on education, raising awareness because, you know, since they have changed their mind, they are more confident, they are more social, and they are willing to learn and to, you know, break their barriers, overcome their difficulties. They can be independent and they can be active to find the other support or resources to improve their life. You know, so they don't need any help in the future. Um, and I mean, it's very important to let them be in independent instead of um, they depend mm -hmm. on many supports from others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this, or also this 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 kind of approach. So, and uh, how? What what were your your highlights of working on this project. So one you told me is uh, to help those single mothers. Are there any other positive things that really drives you and really to to um, establish or g making really these, these projects to become reality? Because I think it's a lot of work and also maybe it's also really hard to, to get I don't know, yes. I call them sponsors or I don't know, convince these people to help those people or I know. And uh, yeah, what, what, what makes, what gives you the energy actually, because it's really impressive that you do three of those kind of projects. So really impresses me. Uh, yeah, the, the first project, Daffodil Education Project, we have no financial aids, financial support from any embassies or non-governmental organizations. We run projects like a volunteer project. Um, but the reason why it's still running <laughs> until now, even though everyone is very busy uh, at work or studies, I think we are really... Um, keen on um, spreading the positive education mindset to the community and what we earn is the process the progress of blind students they are making and um, children in offense they are making um, which is very i think it is very meaningful and That's why we can overcome many difficulties, finding volunteers, um, raising funds to, to, to buy materials or tools for the children. Um, and the, maybe the most important thing is about love. When we, we love doing social activities, um, we receive more and I don't know, it's a great feeling and um, that's why we still keep on running the project. And the second project, even though it has ended since January this year, it still left many 
positive feedbacks and um, it's inspired many people to run more uh, projects like that. Um, even though this project breaks the barriers, had the sponsor of uh, the U.S. Embassy, but you know, financial aid um, was not a problem, but there were many problems related to the participants. Uh, for example, we had many blind participants. They wanted to do the project with us, but since they were very far from the destination, from the, um, yeah, the place, so they, they tried their best they made their efforts and they they never missed any meetings even though they had many difficulties so it's kind of the motivation and encouragement for everyone to work on um, and you know many employ employers mm -hmm. I must confess that we ask we send many emails to employers, mm -hmm. companies, officials, organizations, but most of them deny our invitation. Mm -hmm. They also say that people with disabilities um, have no um, skills, mm -hmm. knowledge to get a position in their workplace. Okay. And plus, they say that their working environment is not accessible for people with disabilities. But instead of trying to find a solution and, you know, uh, fix the infrastructure or other materials, they denied the invitation, the request to, to, yeah, to repair or to edit, um, which yeah. is very, very sad to me. Yeah. I see, I see. Mm -hmm. And the final project, we also had a sponsor of Squid Embassy, but it was the first time we had such a, a large um, numbers of disabilities. I mean, we had a deaf, we had mobility in, impaired, we had blind as well, visually impaired. So. The problem is that how to create uh, an accessible class, uh, an accessible space for everyone, including the deaf, the blind, and um, people yes. who at different have, needs, right? Okay. Yeah, at different needs. So it's very hard for us, and um, I, I think um, I learned how to communicate with everyone. Um, how do you, know, you do that? Me. How do you do I, that? Especially for the deaf, you know, uh -huh. I cannot see her. Uh, he, uh -huh. she can see me, right? Mm -hmm. She uses her body language, and I cannot see. <laughs> <laughs> I use my mouth. I use my mouth to say words, uh, and she uh -huh. not cannot hear, right? <laughs> I see. I see. How could we interact with each other? And I, I was How a special person. Um, I decided to send text message to her. I, yeah, okay. I use the screen reader application on my phone and my laptop to send a text message with her. Mm -hmm. um, in general, I prefer using my voice message to communicate with everyone. But uh, with this deaf girl, I have to text. I see, I see. 
just out of curiosity, how how do you text or how do you use the 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 phone to 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 write? Ah, uh, um, as I already told you, the screen reader application or uh-huh. software uh-huh. um is installed on my technological devices like my smartphone and my laptop. Uh-huh. So, this screen reader's voice reads everything displayed on the screen, except oh, okay. for except for visually formats like PDF, images, photos, JPG, yeah, and GIFs. Uh, okay. Is, is it like if you talk something, it's translated to text and then you can send or? Um, on laptop, I can type with my 10 fingers ah. <laughs> without seeing. Nice, so, nice. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to, to type the document, to type um, text message on laptop. Mm-hmm. And on my smartphone, I often use the function on the keyboard called uh, text to speak. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so very creative, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I've always or I experience language barrier problems, but these kind of problems are, yeah, a little bit harder to imagine. But yeah, you're creative and find ways to to overcome these uh, communication barriers. It's it's really impressive and interesting yeah i think i must thank to technology because in the past the deaf and the blind couldn't communicate with with each other you know mm-hmm. uh, but now you know uh, technology modern technology helps us to get closer at least we can send text message it still so slowly mm-hmm. it's not so fast but it's still acceptable <laughs> yeah definitely at least you are able to communicate with each other. That's wow, that's cool. And yeah, and uh, what about? Uh, or I'm wondering about the the school system or the education system. So, if you're if you're disabled, is is the um, the school system doesn't have some some kind of uh, different. I don't know how to call this, but different ways to to help those children, right? So, or or how does it work? Because if I'm still able to go to school, I get the same education, right? Or is it is it still not enough to to like getting? If you are out of school, having the same qualification like people who are not disabled, what what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, education is a big problem here. Um, you know, we have 7.2% of the Vietnamese population who are people with disabilities, mm-hmm. but only nearly 1% um, going to school or university. Oh, okay. So you can imagine that a lot of people with disabilities, they don't go to school or they just went to a kindergarten and elementary school then I they see. stopped I see. Uh, mm-hmm. pursuing their further education due to many reasons um, we have specialized schools for the blind in Hanoi, Da Nang and Ho Chi Minh City but specialized schools are for children from grade 1 to grade 9 from 6 to 14 years old 
So, when these blind children graduate from secondary school in a specialized school, they are very um, hopeless and upset because they don't know where to go to high school because there are still a few high schools accept blind students and if they are accepted to study they have many difficulties coping with new environments you know which is not accessible to them like the specialized school um and unfortunately for the deaf until now we we don't have any schools for the deaf so yeah the wow. deaf has the most difficulties and about people having mobility impairment mm -hmm. um they use wheelchairs and i must say that it's not accessible to use wheelchairs there are still a few big universities in vietnam um, having accessible infrastructure for you know these kind of students but they're still too few i see i see yeah do so, you want to to know how i study <laughs> definitely that's what i wanted to ask you the next this this one so you told me so if is it right you you say there are special schools but only in three big cities and but also only after or until the second uh i don't know until if you're four, 15 or 16 years old so if you move to the next schools high, high yeah. school right you have to go to a normal high school and yeah that's can be difficult for to yes. adapt yourself okay yes that's right you did um that. i also want to bonus some information like in other provinces they also provide some specialized schools for the blind mm -hmm. uh but you know they they are in low condition and low quality Mm. Uh, they need to to improve a lot so um it's related to my story because i got a rare disease in 2016 i was 15 so you know i had just graduated from my um junior my secondary school mm -hmm. and i got the disease and my parents contacted contacted to a specialized school for the blind in my city and they denied my request, of course, because they said that they just got children from grade 1 to grade 9. And I was going to enter high school, which is um, grade 10 to grade 12. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was hopeless indeed. Uh, but luckily, um, I, I did an entrance test before losing my eyesight. And... I persuaded the headmaster of a normal high school in my city. I, I told him that um, even though I am blind right now, but um, before um, getting this disease, I already took the test of your high school and I got the result. So um, yeah, I am eligible to, to be a student of your school. And yeah, he had no reason to deny my request, and I was the first blind student at a Luang Prabang, um, a normal and popular high school in my city. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. But with even without this ex exception, you wouldn't uh, be there, right? 
Yeah, if I had not taken the entrance test before getting the disease, I wouldn't be able to enter the high school because of my visually impaired, I guess. Because, you know, sketchers and headmasters, they don't know how to sketch a blind. They don't know how to deal with this case. <laughs> so, so how do you experience this from, from there on? Like, uh, how is your was your adaption to this environment? Um, I was quite alone during my high school. Indeed, I, I still had some um, problems, you know. I, I was a new blind person. Um, so I I told my teachers that instead of testing me on paper, they can test me uh, by asking me questions and I can have an interview with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can write a document and send them via email mm -hmm. so that they can receive my virtual files to yeah to mark the score mm -hmm. and yeah that's why i that's how i studied and how i took exams at high school yeah that's interesting and uh, could you get uh, or you said you were alone before uh, but could you get friends more with time or was it very difficult? I only had uh, one close friend. Mm -hmm. You know, mm, I don't uh, like, mm, I don't have any um, problems with my classmates at high mm -hmm. school because mm -hmm. you know, uh, we were teenagers at mm -hmm. high school, right? And mm -hmm. we were rebellious, we were rebel, we <laughs> didn't care much about anything else. Mm -hmm. um, so having a black classmate mm -hmm. um, is like having a special student, a special classmate in, in your classroom, and you have no awareness that how to assist, how to help her overcome mm. disability right so i i realized that and i don't have any um negative thoughts of my classmates they were very young and me too and until now they are grown up and they still meet me and they get to know more about my difficulties and mm. they they have more people with disabilities so they are more mature <laughs> <laughs> i see yeah Yeah, sometimes if you don't know how to act in a situation, it's like you don't bother the other person or are afraid to do something. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, but you said it's getting better with with if you're growing older, right? Yeah, it's getting much better since I entered university. Um, you know, I entered university. My major is social work. So my social work lecturers have experiences working with vulnerable communities, including people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So they know how to assist me. Um, and they also instruct me how to um, navigate my learning plan during my school year. Mm -hmm. And there are some social work students. They also 
went to be they wanted to be volunteers and they instructed me how to use my white cane navigating around the campus and uh, some classrooms um, mm -hmm. in my university yeah yeah I see and uh, you said that with the disease you get blind so before that you you could you are able to see normally right yeah that's right okay, okay. what what kind of disease was that and how how was it for you because i don't know for me it would be really hard to imagine that or would you like to talk yeah. about that or we can skip that too no i am i am ready to talk about this um actually i wasn't born as a blind um i had 15 years being able to see like everyone Mm -hmm. um, but my eyesight um, became worse and worse for a few months. Oh. And in July 2016, one day when I woke up, I realized that I couldn't see clearly. It was very foggy, misty. My eyes couldn't see clearly everything. So I went to hospital and I went to many hospitals in Hanoi, in Taiwan. Um, but yeah, the result I, I got was very bad. I, I couldn't take my eyesight back. And in October 2016, my family decided to travel to Singapore to find some solution to cure my disease. But unfortunately, the doctor said that I got a rare disease called NMOSD. So NMOSD is a rare disease and women have this disease more often than men. Um, okay. I'm a special case because um, doctors say that uh, adults have this disease, but it's very unusual when I am only 15 but I get I got this disease mm -hmm. um, another blind woman who is very famous having this disease and MOSD is Chris Kinha so Chris Kinha is an American half American and half Vietnamese woman mm -hmm. she's blind but she won American master chef nearly 10 years ago Okay. Yeah, she's a great cook and she has the same disease like me, but uh -huh. I am a terrible cook. <laughs> <laughs> Was she also a kind of inspiration for you a little bit or? Yes, um, since I knew that she had the same disease like me and I'm OSD and she's very um, successful, she inspired me a lot mm. and um, yeah, I think um, her, she's like a role model for every blind person in the world. Yeah. I see, I see. Um, yeah. I wondered how you, because you're a very positive person, how you, how you get or do you have tips for people who are, I don't know, in different stages of their life, how, how you overcome this period because Definitely, I feel you did somehow that you overcome these negative uh, things in your life and change it into some 
positive energy and also kind of drive and to help other people. So yeah, that's that's very impressive, and I I wonder how do you do that, and if you can share experiences with with this duration of transformation somehow. So how mm. how was it for you? Um, yeah, honestly, I have changed very much. I was pessimist at mm. high school, but right now I am optimist. During my university, ah. Uh, I think the key factor is about um, some some books and uh, some activities that you you have a luck you have a chance to take part in. So talking about books, mm-hmm. um, I read some books about person uh, persons with disabilities. Um, Typically, I I read a book called *The Adventure in Darkness* by Tom Sullivan. Um, he's an American blind and he graduated Harvard University. Mm-hmm. So his book uh, was his story when he was a small kid and uh, he wanted to to show up as an independent kid. Um, and he inspired me very much. I, I thought that well, this guy can do this. Why can't I do this? Um, and I also realized that there are more unlucky people outside. I mean, I still have a family to support me. Mm-hmm. I have my friends to help me. Um, I have condition to access internet. How about the other unlucky people? So. When I read many books about uh, miserable and vulnerable groups, I understood that I, I am very lucky. And since I am lucky, I must give more values and I must give my contribution and my um, dedication to the society, especially for people who are in need. Mm-hmm. And um, since I entered university, I do many. I have. Precious opportunities to do many projects, um, yeah, um, many programs and events and courses. I interact with a lot of people from different backgrounds, like people coming from LGBTI plus or patients, um, yeah, any kinds of people. And I think each person has each difficulty and. My my goal right now is, you know, being very happy, being mm-hmm. independent, mm-hmm. and being um, kind of unuseful part in in this society. That's um, so inspiring, really. I I I think um, since you do many social activities, since you give more, you receive more, especially love uh, mm-hmm. and uh, values. And you will, you will be positive, yeah. Ah, and since I knew the law of attraction, I apply this law, and um, it's very successful. Um, I believe more um, at myself and everything, so mm-hmm. it makes me feel more optimistic as well. Wow, very, very inspiring and very well said. So. 
Um, <laughs> Do you yeah. know this uh, law of attraction? Uh, no, can you explain it to me, please? Um, when you believe, you you receive it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very simple. But you know, for example, um, I used to think that I couldn't use my white cane to navigate around my campus. Mm-hmm. My father was very nervous. You know, he was very worried about my accidents and some problems could happen. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. It was a big problem, and I couldn't overcome my um, sorrow. I yeah, see. I was afraid of falling down. I was afraid of having accidents. But since I knew the law of attraction, I always told myself that I could use a white cane. At least I could um, use it to access my classroom on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And after seven days, um, I had encouragement. You know, this saying I can do it kept in my mind. And after a week, I could be able to enter my classroom without any help. Wow. Yeah, and this. This law of attraction is very um, incredible because I also apply um, this law when applying for many courses or workshops or scholarships and they are very successful because I believe that I can achieve them. Yeah, it's a kind of mindset you develop, right? And Yeah, the mindset is very important. And you try to give that to other people to help them creating these mindsets for themselves, believing in themselves and yeah, empowering them to, to do things they want to do, right? Yeah, so you know, changing awareness is very important. So through mm-hmm. our projects, we always try to, to, to change the mindset from negative to positive. A lot of people with disabilities, especially blind, the blind, they are not confident about themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why they escape, they, they kind of isolate from the society. So I think helping the people with disabilities needs to size from the outside, government, society, organizations, and so on, and the inside, uh, which is individuals who are mm-hmm. disabled. I see. You mentioned earlier the goal for you is being happy and independent and being a part of society. Uh, what is happiness for you? That's that's something I want to ask you. My happiness. Or what is happiness for you? Happiness for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can be happy easily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think being alive is is a special gift to me. I'm happy because you know every day I, when I wake up I still uh, listen to the sound. Um, my my fear is losing my hearing ability. Um, I still know that Helen Keller, my my idol, he is deaf. She is deaf and blind. Mm-hmm. She's so great, but you know, she she was born and raised in the U.S. and there was good condition to her. How mm-hmm. about this situation in Vietnam? It's very terrible. So my happiness is that I can hear, I can speak, 
I can use the other senses to feel the world surrounding me. Mm-hmm. And I can study and I, I can contribute to uh, the society and I still can uh, help other, other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very happy about this because I don't think that I am depends, I am useless. Um, mm-hmm. I still have my core values to contribute to to the world. Yeah. Oh, I like that. like that. That's very inspiring and also, yeah, makes me happy somehow to, to talk to you after a while. First of all, I'm really sad somehow, but yeah, I, I, I like yeah, this yeah, I mindset know. and energy. Yeah, it's, it's very inspiring. Really. I'm sure that um, when you talk to other people with disabilities, um, I don't say all of them, but you know, most of them are very pessimistic, and they 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 will show you all of their difficulties and problems. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have many problems. We have much more difficulties compared to others, but we should see the positive side, right? When yeah. we we still have strength, or we still have something to to do. Um, I think it is very um, important to, to know this fact. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, before we come to the end, uh, I always ask the um, people I talk to um, about music because I have a playlist and I collect uh, different songs. Um, so, can you, can you recommend me one? Yes, uh, actually, I am really into energetic songs. Uh-huh. I always avoid love songs. Um, uh-huh. I love rap, hip hop music, um, and there are some songs which are very famous in the world as well. So I will send you the playlist uh, later. Is this okay? Yeah. Sure. Do you have one in mind that you say, oh, yeah, that's my favorite one? Still Alive of Big Bang. I really love the title, Skill Alive, of, mm-hmm. you know, a Korean boy band, Big Bang. This song is very old, but it's still very powerful to me, and I love it. Yeah, so, I'm very still good. alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So, thank you, Luo Rao, today for this very interesting conversation, and yeah, also this this mindset that you give to me or to the listeners uh, yeah was yeah really yeah i'm impressed about your energy somehow it's incredible and yeah hope for you to continue that with 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 this attitude and mindset you have and with the power you can give to other people and help them i think it's very important and very valuable what you're doing so keep going and don't others let others change you i really like Um, this this kind of being of you and yeah wish you the best uh thank you panda go to thank you listeners and i do hope that this episode can inspire you a little bit (laughs) to move on in your life with happiness and positive energy I know that in reality we have stress, we cope with many problems, but you know, just like um, a quote I really like, uh, 
keep your face to the sun and you will never see the shadows. Ooh, nice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so see ya. Yeah, see ya. That's it for today's episode. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcast website if you don't use an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, feel free to send a voice message. Alternatively, you can drop a tweet or DM on Twitter. Maybe you even like to join for an episode. Links are also in the show notes. Thank you for listening and see you next time.